and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined today by Mark Osterman, MTM's managing editor. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch the show with all the visuals that go along with it on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. But if you want to listen, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you get new episodes as we release them. And you can find all of our Vegas related posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. On this show, we're going to talk about Adele canceling her residency at the last minute or at least postponing it an mls team may be coming to vegas plus the big news that bally's is being rebranded into horseshoe we'll talk about that quickly even though that news sort of came in after we recorded our show more to talk about on that next week but in the meantime enjoy this week's vegas news let's hit it so mark are you uh, headed back to vegas january 30th did you see that uh, the dos hombres mezcal uh, aaron paul and uh, brian cranston are going to be here at lee's discount liquor to sign the bottles. I know you're coming for that. It's so it's so random. <laughs> it's yep. pretty cool. I mean, it's we're quite a few years away from uh, Breaking Bad and all that, but I, I wish it was anything else. Mezcal, it's just not my thing, man. Uh, I have a buddy that's huge into it. I feel like it tastes like if you just uh, drove your car in in uh, neutral, but like revved <laughs> the tires and burned up all the tire. That's what it tastes like in your mouth. So. But this is a Breaking Bad mezcal, right? This is the the, the dulce. It comes with a hit cool. of a hit of dope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about the big story of the week, and that's Adele canceling her residency. There's been all kinds of talk about it. Things coming out. She started with her, I think, going on social media and making a video saying that COVID and supply issues really caused uh, delays in her show, and that she couldn't get the show to where it was. You know, Las Vegas being the uh, the rumor town that it is, you can't keep anything secret, that she was feuding with her set director and that it all kind of fell apart over a lake, like a water effect. She was supposed to float on water, and she said it looked like a soggy pond when <laughs> the effect was all done. This is she according should, to page she, six. <laughs> she should have just done her show at La Rev, uh, and then she would have been all set, all set. They got it all set up there. Yeah, I don't know if it was crocodile tears, you know, a celeb fake crying wouldn't be surprising, but... It does seem I, – I have a, a different theory. I think she saw how bad Carrie Underwood and Katy Perry did that she's like, hey, let's push this back a bit. I don't need to be number three where my tickets don't sell so great and people don't show up and the show better be you know, top tier, top notch uh, because of all the issues Vegas has had selling out. But that's just me. I mean she does have a history of like – of stage fright, of throwing up, of canceling shows. So you know, there's not a – you know, there is a history of some issues here. I mean, she was going to make a ton of money for this. And Caesar spent a ton of money retrofitting the, the venue, millions of dollars, apparently, on the set. Uh, so there was also apparently a dispute, or according to Page Six, according to the rumors, that Caesars wanted her to have a 60-person choir uh, back her up in, in certain songs, and she wanted to do it by herself. So it seems like there is creatively a lot of struggle here, back and forth. What What is with a venue wanting... Like a, a big quiet. That seems like the opposite of the way it would go. Or you'd think they'd just be like, hey, you're Adele. Hands off. You do what you do. Uh, so that seems kind of crazy that they would even get involved in, in that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know. Clearly, there was a lot of battling going on behind the scenes. I'm sure COVID played a part, too, because there was supply issues. I'm sure trying to build any multi-million dollar set, something state-of-the-art, probably did run into some issues. So I'm sure that's True, but it seems like she caught everybody off guard by canceling this last minute. Uh, Caesars has, yeah, they spent so much money. They're, they're not happy about it. Uh, she 
hopefully she'll be able to come back. I mean, this was supposed to be a four-month residency on the weekend, so... I mean, hopefully this isn't the end of it. Do you think that, uh, do you think this is it? You, that she just, it's going to be like a, that time where Brittany kind of showed up for the press conference and then never showed up again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, the lawsuits would be so astronomically high. I, I can't see her walking away from this just because of the financial aspect of it. You know, Caesars would come at, at her with everything they got. And I feel really bad for the fans and stuff that bought the tickets, you know, had flown out to Vegas, booked hotels with all this planned and there's no recourse for them. They can't, I guess, you know, they could cancel last minute, but it actually came out the day before. So some of them were already in town. Other ones you cancel, you get a voucher, but that's not great, you know, to use in future travel. So I feel really bad for them. Hopefully it didn't affect them too much. You know, uh, they were able to do something else if they're already in town or, or, you know, have some fun. It was uh playoff weekend. So maybe they bet on some uh, football games. I don't know. I saw a TikTok of a, a girl who had tickets to a concert a couple years ago that Adele had to cancel. Then she flew, I think, in early 2020 to London to see Adele, and Adele canceled that show. And then she was in Vegas for the show this weekend that got canceled right before. So she just she should she's post like the kiss of death. <laughs> the places she or she's going for concerts, so people know not to buy tickets. That's that's how it should yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to know what everybody out there thinks because, I mean, I think she was supposed to make like six to $700,000 a show. It's a crazy amount of money that she's making. Uh, is that enough to, you know, to, to put on the show, whether there's creative differences? Uh, you know, what what have you guys been hearing? Let us know in the comments what you think about the story because it, it was national, big national story. Like everywhere I saw this, uh, this covered. Uh, and apparently, like right after she made that video, she flew out of town to her boyfriend's house in L.A., so she got out of Vegas uh, pretty quickly. So. so you wouldn't even you wouldn't even stay to like correct whatever the issues were. You're like, ah, deuces. I'll see you later. <laughs> pretty much, it seems like that. I mean, there's a lot. It seems it was like too there's hot. a lot of blowback. Gene on Simmons her. called her and she said, "Hey, it's hot there. You better move." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a, exactly. He 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 finally let her in on the big secret that we have here that it's that it's hot. So yeah, we'll keep everybody up to date. I do hope that she she does it. This is a big deal for Caesars and. Uh, big deal for Las Vegas. I mean, it, it really shows the struggles that we have, you know, after losing Celine. Celine, by the way, canceled a bunch of her tour dates too. So she's still not healthy from whatever that issue was that she was having. And I guess that probably puts a little bit of some of the conspiracy theories to rest as to her not wanting to perform at Resorts World because she canceled her tour uh, as well. So I hope that Celine gets better. And uh, let's talk Resorts World for a second. They finally announced this show called Glow which is going to use all of the LEDs. We know that they have tons of LEDs. Glamorous ladies of wrestling, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, the, the Glow Show will feature 10 unique shows uh, with five uh, interstitial visuals displayed across Resorts World's distinctive LED surfaces, ranging from the 100,000-square-foot West Tower to the iconic 50-foot globe inside. So even the inside globe will be part of this. Uh, it says it'll transport guests to extraordinary destinations, including a bioluminescent ocean, a synthwave cityscape, a feline-led psychedelic trip into space. That sounds fun. A surrealist dance stage in a shimmering emerald jungle. I mean, it's good to see that they're using the technology to put some short, sort of show together on the outside. I'm interested to see what it looks like. They're beating uh, the Death Star to the punch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, MGM. They're taking the thunder from the MGM sphere. Um yeah, I think it'll be kind of neat. I, I imagine it'll be something similar to like Fremont Street Experience, but like broadcasted across the building sides and 
and all that stuff. So maybe it won't be as immersive as standing under it, looking up in, in that type of thing. But I think it'll be pretty cool and something you can see from like everywhere. So, you know, even if you're not at Resorts World, you'll probably get a little bit of the show, which will be kind of neat. I'm interested to see how it plays out. You know, it's uh, the Times Square uh, of Vegas, so we gotta got to use it. So we'll see what it all looks like. It sounds cool, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I wonder, like, the sphere inside, how does that play a role? Like, if you're watching it outside, you're not going to see inside. I guess if you're walking through the mall area, you get a little bit of it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just probably a way for them to bring the show inside, so to have it in multiple places. I don't think you'll be able to see it all at once from any one single place. I wish that, like, as we get these new casinos online, they you did something like the, they... The top of the guitar, you see it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what they should do with the, with these new buildings is, like, they have in Hong Kong, where they have this light show every night, that all the buildings are sort of, sort of coordinated. That would be cool down the line as we open new casinos if there was some sort of coordinate. There probably never will be, but that would be a cool thing. But it's good to see them doing it, and, you know, they already have the tech there, so it's something, you know, at least unique to Vegas. Maybe not unique in, you know... Uh, a TV show, you know, but it's unique in that we don't have anything kind of coordinated in that way. And now the other resource world news was they lost their vice president of marketing. Uh, she, uh, she resigned and uh, they said that there's going to be a big, yeah, kind of big, they're reevaluating their marketing strategy. We know the casino hasn't been doing well. The hotel hasn't been doing all that well. So clearly they're going to pivot their marketing strategy in some way. Uh, obviously she resigned, but you know, probably the writing was on the wall there. Uh, their CEO says that they're going to reevaluate their marketing team. So, you know, we'll see how, how it works out. Uh, the biggest surprise to me about this place, having, you know, been there since day one, been there many times, is really how it, it seems to rub people the wrong way. Like, all, a lot of the things I like about it, sort of the modernity and, you know, the food hall, and the, people just think it's this sort of big, empty, hollow place. But it does have a ton of incredible restaurants, has a lot going for it. So... I don't know where that disconnect is. I don't quite know how you fix it. I mean, you you and I both didn't love the hotels, uh, but I still like the casino a I lot. Think, I like what they yeah. did down there. I think it's, a, you know, kind of you get that feeling from the hotel that it just doesn't have a soul. It has no personality. And, and it's the same way in the casino. The casino is really pretty, but it doesn't have anything to it. You know, it's just like the ceiling is really nice lights and everything. It's a little bit glitzy, but it doesn't have... Like, it doesn't bring... Like, you walk through Circa, you get what they're going for, you get the vibe, all that. This just kind of feels like, hey, they made a really fancy building and then threw some slot machines into it, which I kind of understand. The restaurants look really cool. I haven't eaten at most of them, but, you know, all the reviews are... The, the food's really good, and but you just don't get that immersive atmosphere that you do at some other places. So I think that's where they missed the mark. And part of this is, you know, this is kind of like early stages of Vegas breaking away from theming and maybe people are missing the theming, you know, they're used to having that type of thing. And there's not that one central thing that pulls it through all of this besides a corporate, <laughs> a corporate yeah. hotel. Like it just feels like uh, what you go for a, a meeting, like a meeting space. It doesn't feel like they're, they're shooting for anything really. Yeah. And we bring up win a lot, but wins right across the street. There's no real theme to win. Right. I mean, it's, just a luxury just awesome. hotel. Their theme is awesome. Yeah, pretty much. And then they nail that. They nail that really well. So some more love to win. Well, speaking of win, one thing that's very interesting is what's going on in the sports betting world. As more states come online with sports betting, uh, we've seen DraftKings stock, I think, in the last few months, like tank. Um, we've talked a lot about promotions uh, on our Miles and Points side on the MTM podcast, uh, which we do every week, our Miles Points travel podcast. 
about a lot of the promotions that these apps have been doing. Uh, I made thousands of dollars from DraftKings, or my wife did, uh, going to Michigan. Um, so they're spending a lot of money on customer acquisition. Last year, when it said that they thought that their online sports betting, you know, their whole online platform was worth about $3 billion. Now they're trying to sell it for $500 million. So that's a huge write down. They say basically customer acquisition costs are way too high. Uh, they don't understand why all these other companies are spending. And then some of these new markets like New York just came online has a 51% tax on online sports revenue. So that makes what? it even more challenging. <laughs> Crazy. 51%. Like 51%? Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you see it, it, especially early on when Michigan first launched, the, the promotions were huge. And and even once you were in, like, you know, inside DraftKings, they were giving you a lot of free plays and stuff like that. And it, you, you see it kind of starting to, to dry up a bit. And they're probably moving that money to the new market, like in New York and stuff. But the promos they roll out, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to get people on board. And there's people that just hop through these apps and take advantage and then will do small bets here and there after. So... They spend a lot of money to try to hook some big gamblers, but a lot of them probably aren't. So, you know, I, I can see where that's an issue. I think it will find its level in a couple of years where there won't be such rich promos. Like there will be stuff here like uh, beat the spread, bet $50, and every time 100, person, 100 people bet, it goes up a point. So like the spread will go up to like 120 points. Well, nobody's going to lose by that much. So they're basically just giving everyone $50. Stuff like that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, and they're doing this all over the place. So uh, I think in a couple of years when they find their equilibrium, it, you know, it'll be a profitable venture for sure. I mean, it's gambling. There's not a ton of overhead. You don't have people standing at tables and stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of, you know, computer run stuff. So, um, I think they'll figure that out, but I can understand right now it's, it's probably a loss leader for sure. Yeah. And Wynn just doesn't want anything to do with it. It seems like, uh, Matt Maddox, their CEO, says the market really is not sustainable right now. That's what he said. So it'll be interesting to watch how these other bigger companies like DraftKings uh, are affected long term. But it seems like, you know, it's full steam ahead for a lot of these companies. But a big drop, $3 billion down to now they're trying to dump it for $500 million. So some other news, Las Vegas, we're still waiting for, you know, news that the A's are going to officially stay in Oakland, which it seems like that's probably going to happen because they have a pretty good stadium plan there. But and no NBA announcement or anything yet, but Major League Soccer basically announced that Las Vegas will be its 30th market, that they're, they're uh, kind of partnering with two billionaires who own a Premier League team and uh, who have some ownership in the NBA, I think. So some you know good, uh, good experience. They're going to start looking for stadium sites, for practice facility sites, we're getting MLS here in Vegas, it seems like. I mean, it's cool that it's owners that at least have a history of this. I know they, they only bought the, the premier team a couple years ago, like three, four years ago. But at least they have some experience in it. I'm just surprised. I don't know a lot about MLS, or, but I wouldn't think it would be a big moneymaker that you'd be looking to, to expand. I, I feel like it's kind of just getting along, but not, you know, it's not like an NFL where it's printing money. So, you know, expanse is always interesting but i'm just the economic side of things i'm kind of surprised vegas i hope they have a lot of night games um or uh, they put a roof on that stadium <laughs> i know you guys have the popular uh, minor league uh, soccer team do they is it pretty much all night games for that i think mostly night games yeah and that's at the cashman field in downtown uh, it's the converted old triple uh, a baseball stadium uh, which they've done there 
Yeah, I mean, MLS has become more and more popular, I think, as soccer becomes more popular in the United States. And I think a lot of those franchises are doing pretty well. I remember when we were in D.C. a couple of years ago, we did the this, the national stadium tour, but the, the uh, MLS stadium was just down the way and finding that there's a huge, you know, fandom there in, in certain cities. So we'll see how it goes. There's a huge Hispanic population here, too, which they tend to like soccer a lot more, you know, from countries where soccer is uh, is king as far as sports goes. So it's good. I mean, yeah, it's, guys, it's, the stadium needs to get one of those uh, USA Mexico friendly games and it would probably go crazy. Go. Yeah. So, I mean, another potential venue coming. So we'll see how this all works out. But I mean, MLS basically said the franchise is Las Vegas is I think they beat out Phoenix and a couple other markets. So uh, Vegas is the hot market. Everybody wants a team in and uh, we'll see how that goes. Meanwhile, in Henderson, the uh, the Dollar Loan Center, which I featured on the construction updates, is getting close to opening. And uh, so that the Henderson Silver Knights, our minor league hockey team, and our arena football team, the Nighthawks, I think is what they're called, are going to be starting to play there in the next couple months. So minor league sports, major league sports, Vegas has definitely turned into a crazy sports town. And uh, I don't know. It's it's fun to it's fun they to see. They messed up on the arena football team. They should have been the Bronze Knights, and then you guys just, them all <laughs> yeah. just keep the keep the color going. All right. So we talked about Open Tables top restaurants uh, a few weeks ago, and now Yelp has come out with their top 100 restaurants. Although this is really strange because most of the restaurants are under thirty dollars a head. So you're talking about less formal, less fancy things. And they ranked each restaurant by the total number of submissions, ratings, reviews and geographic representation, among other factors, which makes me think that they just made up their own rules. But here's what, there's two Las Vegas restaurants there. Number eight is the Good Witch in downtown Las Vegas, which I've heard of, but I have not eaten at. And then number 99 on the list is Dolce and Chianti, or Chianti, sorry. Don't know how to pronounce my uh, my thing. An Italian restaurant, my Italian is terrible, on Durango. So it's like a local Italian restaurant I have never heard of. So there you go. Two more restaurants to, to look at, according to Yelp. Yeah, I've heard of Good Witch. I've never never been in there. Um, never heard of the other one, so I'm not even going to try to say it. Uh, but I do like Italian food, so might have to check that out one of these times for sure. Uh, number one on the list was interesting was in Phoenix, which isn't a, too far of a drive uh, from Vegas for flight. Um, so it, it kind of piqued my interest to go to, to go check that out, maybe. It said it had more five-star reviews than they could count, so... I don't know what that means. It must be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's that's how I kind of do my Yelp when I'm traveling. I do use Yelp, but I know that there's fake reviews. So I'm very weary of like a newer business that has sort of a bunch of similar reviews that are new. But if a business has been around a long time and has a really good rating with, you know, hundreds or thousands of reviews, then I tend to trust that a little bit better. So I do use Yelp quite a bit and think it's a good resource. Although, like I said, if it's a restaurant that has like 10 reviews, I'm not trusting those those initial reviews uh, at all. But. Yeah, I love when it, it's got like 10 reviews, but the photos of the food look awful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> looks like it came yeah. out of a freezer and they just nuked it. And you're like, no, that, that's not that's not legit. Yeah, run run away. I don't trust like the ratings in Uber Eats or any of those apps because they don't give you enough information. But I do think Yelp, if you know how to use it right. That's similar with like travel reviews with like TripAdvisor and, and stuff like that. I will use that for a hotel, but I will... I'm very weary about how I use it in very specific ways. You know, I don't just go there and say, oh, it has a four and a half rating. That means that it's great. So I don't know. Anyway, that's good to see this list. I, I didn't get a chance to, to read all of them. I'll have to check out that Phoenix restaurant. 
And we have some late breaking news. Caesars Entertainment has announced that Bally's Las Vegas is going to transition to the Horseshoe. This has been a rumor for quite a while, and now it is happening. We'll talk a lot more about it on next week's show, but for now, this is what you need to know. Bally's is going to start the transformation into Horseshoe in the spring of 2022, and it's going to include a renovated exterior, new entertainment and food and beverage options, and a reimagined casino floor and public areas. Now, they've only released this one piece of concept art, so take it for what it is. Still a lot that we don't know about what's going to happen here. What is nice is that the World Series of Poker is coming to Bally's and therefore to the Horseshoe. It will be reunited with the Horseshoe brand, but we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of the restaurants, and a lot of the details should be coming very soon. But construction going to start in spring of 2022. We'll talk more about this next week, including what else we're able to learn. But another rumor coming true. Bally's turning into horseshoe. All right. Our last thing for this week is Brightline, the train that never will go away. Uh, I actually think this is going to happen. Or will never come. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. So Forbes had an article and... The federal government's now reviewing the proposal for that. We talked, I don't know, on a show a couple months ago about how they got approval to go along I-15 through the Cajon Pass. And that's the basically the thing that gets them into L.A. And so now that's sort of approved. So the federal government's going to look at that. If that gets approved, they'll be able to apply for uh, funding from the recent bills, the transportation bills. And it seems like they will probably be able to get this thing uh, started next year. They've cleared almost every hurdle that they have to clear. I mean, a lot of hurdles. They have land for their stations. They now have right away along the 15. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that were stacked against them aren't. Now, will it be economically viable? I don't know. But if this is built the way that they say, you'll be able to board a commuter train in Union Station in downtown L.A., switch chain, uh, trains in Rancho Cucamonga, and then uh, get to Vegas, and it'll be about three and a half hours, which is a little bit quicker than driving or about the same. But, of course, you don't have those... Traffic it's just issues. cool people get to say Rancho Cucamonga now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, every time I drive by there, anybody who drives from uh, from Vegas into California knows good old Rancho Cucamonga. So, I mean, that's basically on the other side of the mountains. Uh, they have the land for the station there. So they've done all the, the work that they need to do, and they want to get started building this thing next year. And if they do that, it would be a three-year build-out. 26 is when it would open. And, you know, there are different parts of it. The, the train is going to go up to 200 miles an hour, depending on the area. The way they're saving money is they're building it at ground level along the corridor of the uh, 15. So, you know, there's going to be curves. There's going to be parts where it slows down. And that's why we're looking at three and a half hours total. But that's from downtown L.A. all the way to Vegas. People always complain that it was a train to nowhere. And it seems like they'll be able to connect it all up with uh, between the commuter train and uh, everything else yeah, they're able to build. That's a big part. Like before when it was ending, you know, like 30 minutes outside of L.A., I was like, what's, what's really the point here? You know, you still got to fight through that first 30 minutes from L.A. to outside L.A. is the, the hardest part sometimes. So that's, that's kind of cool that they're able to connect it up. And I mean, I hope it works. It, it gets cars off the road. That would help. Um, so I'm very hopeful. I have more faith in this than I do the tunnel. Um, I will say that now, so <laughs> we'll see who's right. <laughs> hey, well, you know, maybe the trains can use the tunnels. Yeah, it's it's good to go. see that. <laughs> Bo- it's good bore to some see... tunnels through the mountains. Let's go. Yeah, that's the. They should that's... just make tunnels under the strip that people walk through with uh, the moving escalators. There, done, fixed it. Yeah. Well, we talked about that that they were going to originally do that at Flamingo with the Bellagio and stuff, and uh, they canceled that. Because uh, of the cost. But yeah, would, just do I it for the whole Vegas Strip. Just escalator around. There you go. Yeah, the underground tunnels of Las Vegas. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Montreal version 2.0. There you go. 
I want to know what everybody out there thinks, though, if they think that this train is ever going to happen. I know there's so many people that don't think it's going to happen. We've talked about how Brightline got the train built in Florida. They're almost finished with their extension from basically Miami all the way to Orlando. So that is this is a company that's doing it. Uh, it they have other plans for other cities. You know, they kind of want to get into that niche of the 300 mile sort of in between big cities. So we'll see how it all works out. But I think it's going to happen. I'm going to put, I'm going to. I'm going to stake my reputation on it right here that they're going to at least start construction next year. We'll see, but we'll see. But let us know what you think about this, about Major League Soccer coming to Vegas, about Adele canceling her residency. Oh, my God, the big news of the week. Leave a comment, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel. Thanks so much for watching. 